we've got a great Sunday school planned. We are blessed today to have Frank and Jenny Maeta with us. They are our missionaries to Italy, and they're some of our, our veteran missionaries. We've been supporting you guys since, was it 05? That's when we were here on deputation was 05, yeah. Yeah, so quite a few, just, just a couple years, just a couple years. But we've known the Maetas for a lot longer than that, and good friends, and it was a godsend. Pray for Pastor. He is in Alabama today uh, preaching for uh, Pastor Tommy Jordan. Um, he went to the visitation last night for Tommy's daughter-in-law, and he said there were thousands at that visitation. He said he stood in line for about two hours um, before getting to Tommy and Don, Don and Nathan. So just pray for that family today. Um, Tommy preached a funeral yesterday for one of his deacons, and he's preaching the funeral for his daughter-in-law today. So dad went down to be a blessing, and we kind of put it this way. Dad went down to pastor a pastor. Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically what he was there to do was to be a comfort and an asset to uh, Tommy. So let's we're going to pray here in just a second for the Jordan family. And then we're going to turn it over to Frank. He's got a presentation. We've had a, we've had missionaries in before, but I think I can say this. I don't know if we have a missionary that's as passionate about their field. And it's your home. It's their home there in Italy. You will fall in love with the country pretty quickly just due to his love of the country. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. God, we love you. We thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for loving us and providing for us. God, I pray that you help each and every one of us as we, we listen to the presentation today, that we, we get a burden. Lord, if it's not to go to Italy, it's to pray for Italy on a daily basis. Pray for the, the, the millions of people there, Lord, and as, as Pastor, as Brother Maeda said, only about a dozen churches. Lord, I pray that you be with be with the Mayettas as they keep traveling and they head back to Italy at the end of the month. Keep them safe. It's your name we pray. Amen. Real quick, there's uh, three inserts on your bulletin. I'm just going to hit this real quick. Our bulletin folders this morning were protesting. But there are three inserts to your bulletin. One's a directory information form. If you have never filled out a directory form and you would like to be added to our list so we can keep in contact with you, birthdays, that sort of thing, please fill that out and drop it either in the offering plate or off with one of the ushers as you leave today, or you can drop it off with me. There's another flyer in there for a pro-life initiative. We have um, petitions. I was going to say ballots. Petitions to sign. If you would like to sign that, or if you would like to be someone to circulate that petition, please talk to Mrs. Monday after the service. There's a third one in there for the Pregnancy Center's annual banquet. Our, our time will be January 29th. It's a Monday night. We will go to the, it's at the fairgrounds, so it's at, it's at the fairgrounds in Brush. If you are interested in going to that, please see either Mom, Paula, or Missy Schmidt. They can give you more information on that. I know our church usually purchases several tables for that. So just let us know if you would like to come. With that, Frank, stage your presentation. Okay, thank you, Brett. All right, good morning. So good to be with you this morning. Uh, we are, uh, my name is Frank, as already mentioned, my wife Jenny is with me, we're the Mayettas, we have three children, uh, my son Frankie, our firstborn, he is in the United States Army, stationed in Fayetteville, North Carolina, he's in the 82nd Airborne, he's a combat medic, uh, he's been in for about two and a half years, a little bit over two years, and uh, we're proud of him, he's, uh, he's a combat medic, he jumps out of airplanes, and so we appreciate your prayers for him and our family. Uh, our daughter, Ariana, 
our, our second child, our first daughter, Ariana, she's in her second year at Ambassador Baptist College. She's studying music and education. Unfortunately, we're not traveling with the children anymore because we're now sort of empty nesting. We brought our baby to college, Tatiana, uh, at the beginning of this past semester in August, and uh, she is in the pre-nursing program at Pensacola Christian College. And so Jenny and I have taken this furlough to report to as many churches as possible. We've been to about 27 or 28 churches. I think it'll be 30 before we leave to go back to Italy at the end of this month. And uh, But it's a joy to be here with you, and I mean that sincerely. We're with some old friends, and I said earlier, it takes a long time to make old friends. And uh, the Mondays have been a special blessing to us for many, many years. Uh, but uh, Brother Wes and Miss Laura and uh, my wife and I all went to school together. And uh, we graduated, my wife and Jenny graduated high school together. And, of course, we all graduated college, I think, the same year. And uh, so it's been great to get back here. We wanted to be back here several years ago. The last time we were here was 2015. And uh, over the last several furloughs, we haven't been able to travel as much as we have been this time. So I'm so glad we got to make it back this time before heading back to the field. But uh, it would be our uh, sincere pleasure to have some of you come and visit us in Italy. And by the end of the day, I hope <laughs> that I'll be able to persuade you to make a trip because we would really love to have you. And I mean that sincerely. So I already introduced our family. Uh, I should have had the picture up there. There's Frankie, Ariana, Tatiana. Uh, also, remember the picture. You may might not be able to see him very well, but my dog, Colt. I'll mention him in the message later on this morning, okay? But that's our family. That's in our uh, little backyard there in, uh, in Grosseto. Italy is a country of 60 million people. I am so glad to have the entire day today, three different services to share everything, uh, to take that much of time and opportunity to share uh, our burden for Italy and our ministry and what God has been doing over the last 17 years or so since we've been there. By the way, we arrived in Italy in late 2006, and we've been in Grosseto ever since. You see, the city of Grosseto is uh, just north of Rome, uh, toward the middle of the country. I don't have it labeled, uh, but there on the west coast, southwest coast there, you have the city of Rome. That's the capital of Italy, city of about 3 million people. And then we're just an hour and a half drive, just 100 miles on the west coast north of Rome. And if you were to travel a little bit further north, another hour and a half, you get the city of Pisa. You've heard of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and that's... Uh, where that is, and then uh, this, I like this view of Italy. First of all, you can immediately notice the, the shape of the country. It looks like a boot, uh, and, um, but I like the night satellite view of Italy because it gives you an idea of the population of Italy. There are 60 million people living on this small uh, peninsula about the size maybe of California. Now, for land mass, it is exactly the size of Arizona, actually. But Arizona is rectangular, you know, and Italy is uh, a peninsula, kind of long, sort of like Florida. And uh, you have 60 million people in that little area. Uh, this picture right here, uh, someone just sent me this picture just this morning. That's the city up, up top. That's the city of Siena, about a 45-minute drive north of Grosseto. Uh, that, uh, there are 30 million people that live in Siena. And that coincides to the same landmass that you have as uh, a, a particular 
interstate intersection in Houston, Texas. Same landmass, but in that landmass, obviously no one lives in that in that uh, intersection in Houston, Texas. But in the same area in Italy, you would have 30 million people living in that same area. So some a friend of mine, a missionary in Hungary, a friend of mine, Zoli Keith, just sent me that picture this morning, and I thought that was interesting. So what you have going back to the uh, the map of Italy, you have 60 million people. Italy is very mountainous. We have the Alps at the north that coincide with your Rocky Mountains. Now, I know you wouldn't want them to be compared to the glorious and glamorous Rocky Mountains, but uh, really they're very similar. Um, I'm, maybe the Rocky Mountains are a longer uh, mountain chain. I'm not sure, but at, we've driven through both, and uh, and they seem very uh, similar as far as in size goes. But that's what borders the country up north. And then we have the... Apennine mountain range that goes north to south down the back. It's kind of like the backbone of Italy. And so the east and the west are kind of difficult to travel. It's easier to travel north and south in Italy. Now, we live in Grosseto. This is the city center um, we have there. And this is what the countryside looks like around our, our country, uh, around our city of Grosseto. This is what it looks like when the kids just first got to Italy um, 17 years ago. And uh, over the years, we've seen the Lord do some great things through our family. And, you know, I like to tell people that when you supported us years ago, you weren't just supporting a missionary. Really, you were supporting a family. And it's been uh, amazing to see God use our entire family. I, I know you're, you understand that because the kids are such an enormous part of your ministry. And our kids have just been a great blessing. And now that we're empty nesting, it's going to be quite a challenge for Jenny and I to travel back in a few weeks with our any one of our kids so you pray for us and you pray for mama especially and uh, it's kind of difficult to think about leaving tatiana back um, you know two years ago we went back to italy having left the first two and that was quite a challenge but um, uh, we appreciate your prayers regarding that so italy is famous country a lot of well-known uh things about italy the Colosseum in rome the leaning tower of pisa this is the picture of the vatican where the uh, the St. Peter's Cathedral right there in Rome. This is Florence, the famous city, uh, you know, during the Renaissance period. And, and this right here is a picture of our city center in Grosseto. But, you know, Italy is known for uh, its beautiful cities and its history and its culture and its food and its music and so many other things. But, you know, the most important thing about Italy are the people that are living there that really – uh, are in desperate need of the gospel, and I mean that sincerely. Now, everyone in the world is in des desperate need of the gospel, but as was already mentioned this morning, there are only, can you imagine, only about a dozen independent Baptist missionaries in the entire country trying to reach 60 million people. Now, a few years ago, now I think the population of the western United States has grown significantly over the last uh, couple of decades, but when I was on deputation, I used, I remember calculating the population of each state and excluding Texas and California, uh, everyone west of the Mississippi would amount to about 60 million people. Now, maybe slightly more than that right now, but you can imagine cramming all the folks west of the Mississippi into a small area, the landmass of the size of Arizona in the shape of Florida, and then take away all of the independent Baptist churches and leave only a dozen missionaries. That is what the situation is in Italy. Now, we're very thankful that finally there is one Italian 
independent Baptist pastor. His name is Fausto D'Amelio. We met him a couple years ago, and we've been able to be part of his ordination. His wife just gave birth to their first child the other day, and we're really excited about Fausto and his wife. They just started their church this past September, but he is the only Italian national independent Baptist pastor in the entire country. So we're looking forward to getting back and trying to encourage uh, the D'Amelios uh, as they uh, start that church in southeastern uh, Italy. So Foggia was a city that was used also by the United States during World War II. Uh, there was an airport there that did some bombing missions over Nazi Germany during World War II. And that same city, Foggia, now has an independent Baptist church pastored by an Italian man, the first or the only Italian Baptist pastor. So we're really excited about Fausto. So that's uh, who we are in our family. Right now we are we're looking forward to going back to Italy. We want to focus on training some folks that have recently gotten saved over the past couple of years. Uh, God has blessed immensely over the last couple of years in Grosseto. Uh, we've seen about maybe a dozen or so folks come to Christ over the last year and a half. And I've gotten to baptize about uh, eight different individuals. And it's been an exciting time. You know, after the COVID years, uh, there, those COVID years were a challenge for us in Italy, I'm sure, as they were for you guys here. Uh, but interestingly, our church grew during those, that period, and afterwards, it was just an, you know really an explosion. We probably doubled in size after uh, all the COVID restrictions were gone. And so we're excited to get back and, and just disciple some of those new believers. And uh, in the next hour, I'll be showing you a video with some of these same pictures. Let me see. This is an early picture of our ministry. Uh, several years ago is what the church looked like, and we're really standing right in front of the church building that we now own there in Grosseto. So we have found Italy to be a plenteous harvest field. Um, people in Italy have never heard the gospel. They don't know the truth. Roman Catholicism is the predominant religion, and so it's actually an easy place to preach the gospel because there are folks that are familiar with the main principles of Christianity, the existence of God, the deity of Jesus Christ, the virgin birth, uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the atonement for sin. Those kinds of concepts are familiar to Italians, but they've never truly heard the gospel that they can be saved uh, by placing their faith in, in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they, they don't have to go through a priest or go through a church to be saved. And so when they hear the the Bible preached, they absolutely love it. And we have found it to be a plenteous harvest field. One of the greatest things that we enjoy doing in Italy is uh, having evangelistic meetings. Now, I know you guys have had a, um, a uh, uh, firecracker of a preacher come here quite often, Dwight Smith. And we absolutely love having the Smiths in Italy. In fact, in 2010, I would say the most significant thing that we've ever done in our church in Italy was have evangelistic meetings with Dwight Smith. And I'll tell you how that started. Dwight called me in uh, September of 2010, and he said, Brother Frank, I have a couple of weeks uh, available at the beginning of December. I'll come at my own expense. Won't you let me come, and we'll put on a, an evangelistic meeting. And so I was a little nervous at first. I didn't know if I could interpret for him in the Italian. I didn't know if we'd have any folks for him to preach to. But, you know, we began praying and began preparing. And then in uh, early December of 2010, we, we just had a, a good old-fashioned evangelistic meeting. Dwight preached in English. I interpreted for him. He did the accordion music. We did a children's program. 
and we had the highest attendance that we'd ever had. We had over 85 people in attendance on, on that very first evangelistic meeting, and we had, uh, I think, eight people were saved that week, and that showed us that God would bless the evangelistic meeting. And so we have gone on every year since then. We've had evangelistic meetings every December. Dwight comes just about every other year. And then we've had other evangelists, Paul Crow. I be believe you guys are familiar with him. We've had Jake DeAndre. We've had Thomas Engel. Uh, we've had David Kehiawat. And, uh, and so that is the most exciting thing that we do is have evangelistic meetings. And then we have found them to be extremely fruitful. So we're just so excited. Uh, this was one of the very first um, meetings that we had. My mother had been witnessing to people in Grosseto before we ever arrived. When we got to Italy, uh, there was a group of about a dozen or so folks w meeting and waiting for us to start the church. And so right away, we were able to see some fruit early on in 2006 and seven. And then we had co-workers join us, uh, the Pieris and the Childers. It's a more recent picture of the Childers family. And uh, by the way, our co-workers, the Childers, have a little horse ranch. They have about 15 or more horses on their ranch. And uh, just three, just about two miles outside of our city limits, and so uh, we have a little bit of uh, familiar scenery around our church that, like what you guys would have here. So I think it'd be really nice to get Brother Monday out there to Italy and and uh, see what it's like to have a ranch the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. You know, so we enjoy uh, we enjoy the Childers, and they're quite a blessing. So I just want to go through some of these pictures, give you an idea of some of the early ministry. And uh, um, let's see, early on, let me see if I got a picture of maybe some of the early church building. We started out in our apartment upstairs in our, uh, uh, above where my mother lived, and then our very first rented building was this one right here. Now, this church uh, helped us get into our church building that we're in right now. We just expanded it. This was the original storefront. We're in a, we're in a shopping center, and then in 2000. Um, in 2013 and 14, we bought the second building right next to it. And then just one year ago, we were able to get the third building. And so our building is probably about the size of what this place is from this rib on forward. This is the size of our building. And we fit about, uh, we could fit about 100 folks or so. We run about 70, 75 folks on a Sunday morning. And we fit comfortably. Right now, we're almost approaching our limit, but uh, there is a fourth storefront available next to us. So who knows if the Lord will allow us the opportunity to grow some more, and then maybe we'll have to get that fourth storefront some few years from now. But um, that would be exciting. I already mentioned Brother Dwight. These are some pictures of some of the ministry with Brother Dwight and his family. And this was that early evangelistic meeting. And, uh, and this was the last one we had with Brother Dwight before we expanded the building. Uh, this is a picture of the Crows as they came and ministered just at one summer ago. And then the Ingalls family, I believe you are familiar with them. Um, this is the first building we were able to uh, purchase. There's some renovations there. By the way, that's Mike Ergus there on that stairwell that came all the way from, uh, from Wisconsin to help us get into do some modifications to that building. But now just this year, one year ago, I was able to we were able to sign for that building, and this is the renovations that was going on for the expansion. And this church gave a substantial offering toward that, and they wanted to, we're so glad to have the opportunity to come and thank you for that. And so this is kind of what it looks like now with the expanded auditorium, and this is closer to the finished product. 
So um, let me think. What can, going forward, I do want to leave a few minutes for some questions, um, but I wanted to transition and get over to what we, what you can do to help us in Italy. What is the number one way you can help the Maeda family and the Chiesa Biblica Baptista di Grosseto, that is the Biblical Baptist Church of Grosseto. And I would say the number one thing you could do is just come on over and join us in the work and live in Italy with us, and, and we'll help you get a church started. That is the number one way you can help us. I mean that sincerely. And, um, and so in order to be able to do that, I recommend a trip. You come over and see us. We'll show you the country. We'll show you the ministry. And what I'm trying to say is this. God can use you uh, to start a church, and he could use you to start a church in Italy. Uh, you just need to make yourself available to him. Now, obviously, God would have to call you to that. But I believe God is calling more people than are willing to go. And I think that if we will obey the Lord's command in Matthew chapter 9, where we'll pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest field. If we begin praying that God would send forth laborers, I believe you would need to be willing to at least be part of the answer to that prayer request. And if you were willing, uh, then maybe God might call you. And I think he could do some great things. Uh, through you and so we're excited to be there but the other thing you can do if God doesn't call you to Italy you can give your life to the Great Commission and beginning right here in this local church in this local area you just give your life to to serving God and uh, fulfilling the Great Commission and I think God will do some amazing things uh, that would amaze you and he's done that in Italy and we're just so thankful to be part of that so it's been for us 20 years now since we were appointed to Baptist World Mission, and it's been the most amazing way to raise a family. Uh, we have uh, our children consider Italy their home. We consider Italy our home, even though, you know, of course, we are Americans. I served five years in the United States Marine Corps. We love this country. We, we have a burden for the United States. Uh, but Italy has become our home, and really it's been a dream come true to see the church planted in Italy. You know, in Genesis chapter 37, God gave Joseph a dream, and then he used Joseph's life to fulfill that dream. And the result of that was the salvation of a family, the salvation of what became a nation, and eventually the Savior was born into the world. And you and I stand here today, and we could uh, save because of what Christ has done. And all of that came through Joseph's dream. And, you know, Joseph wasn't dreaming up a dream. He didn't have great ambitions on his own. It was a dream that God gave Joseph. And then he used Joseph's life to fulfill that dream. And uh, God has given us the desire to plant churches. But that is not something that has come up in our own mind. We have not had some kind of great ambition to plant churches. It was a, it, we're commanded to do so in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. And then we've been privileged to see God then use our lives to fulfill that dream that he gave us. But, you know, he doesn't want to do it just with us and the missionaries that we support. He wants to do that with you. And so if you'll make yourself available to the Lord, uh, I'm sure that he would do great things through you. And so with that, I just want to give you now the next few minutes an opportunity for some questions. Okay. I could while you're thinking of some questions, I'll throw, show you some other pictures. And uh, these are this is the Tacon family. They're in Pisa, and they started in a little building like this. 
And uh, now they have expanded, and they run a pretty good number. This is our some pictures of our children's ministries. By the way, we put a major emphasis on the children's ministries, and uh, we we love. Uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing here on your Tuesday nights, and we do a similar thing on Sunday nights, one Sunday night a month in our own church. But this is just an example of some of the kids in our ministry there in Italy. So, is there anyone that has any questions? Yes, ma'am. I would say probably uh, learning the language was the biggest challenge. I had a head start because my parents are from southern Italy, and um, and my parents, you know, were Italian, and I had a little bit of a head start in the language. But for my wife, she had to start from scratch. And I would say probably the biggest challenge you're going to have in coming, going to a foreign field is learning the language, and then secondly, gaining legal status, living in the country legally. That's another major obstacle. And then culturally, there are some differences. I w- was used to living in the country in North Carolina. We moved to a little city. And, you know, when you step out of your front door, you're on the sidewalk and then a road with cars parked. And so there was a, a culture shock that I went through uh, adjusting from country life to city life. But the city is where the people live. And so that's where we wanted to be when we wanted to minister. So that was the biggest challenge at first. Yes. How hard was it to, or how hard is it to evangelize the Italians being such a Roman Catholic nation? And secondly, is there any conflict with the Roman Catholic Church? Yeah, those are great questions. Uh, I would say, I'll answer the last one first. Um, We don't have any direct conflict with the Roman Catholic Church. Now, missionaries coming into the country of Italy do have some difficulty gaining their permanent legal status in the country because uh, some of the bureaucratic process can be hindered because of the influence of Roman Catholic leaders in the government, and sometimes there are roadblocks for missionaries who are not nationals, European nationals, uh, and so that would be the extent of the opposition we get. I don't know whether or not we are on the Pope's radar. Uh, uh, I don't know, (laughs) you know, but we have not gotten direct opposition. Now, when it comes to presenting the gospel to uh, Italians, you know, there are different levels of, uh, you know, in uh, not everyone is an ardent Roman Catholic. In fact, most people in Italy would be non-religious with a nominal Roman Catholic background. Now, a nominal Roman Catholic for me, for us, is the e- they're the easiest kind of people to witness to because they have those basic Christian concepts in their minds, but they're not just um, in a uh, bigoted way, uh, you know, connected to their religion. And so when you're speaking to a very ardent Roman Catholic, you have a brick wall you're trying to, you know, uh, overcome. Whereas most people are either non-religious, and so you have atheist type or agnostic. That's what we come across a lot. But the nominal Roman Catholics are the easiest to witness to. But people have never heard the Bible. And so the Bible has a wonderful reception in Italy. Not everyone who hears Bible preaching gets saved, but it is generally very well received, especially when it's presented, you know, in a, in a spirit-filled way. And um, we have seen a great response to the gospel over the years. Anybody else? 
Yes, ma'am. Didn't Italy just elect a real strong conservative lady to yeah. run the country there? Yeah. Um, yeah, Giorgia Meloni is the prime minister of Italy. She is a conservative, but she's also uh, very fervently Roman Catholic as well. So you have pros and cons there. You, you know, um, in the conservative party in Italy um, generally stands for the right things. And uh, they represent, you know, good things that we that we appreciate. Uh, her Roman Catholicism uh, is not really a problem for us because, I mean, they represent some form, you know, of recognition of the existence of God and those kinds of things. And so we do appreciate Georgia Meloni. So uh, we're glad that she is uh, in charge there now. But, you know, it's really difficult to get anything done, as you have seen in our own politics here. Really, no matter who's in charge, it's difficult to make some permanent change, uh, even though you might have someone good in charge. And that's kind of the way it is in Italy. The, the, the Senate, the Parliament, um, is, uh, although it's run by the Conservative Party now, it's often difficult to make permanent change. But definitely, we are glad that she's, she's leading the country right now. She's quite conservative and very vocal, you know. Yes, sir. Italy is the third largest country in Italian. Ravediti, ravediti e si battezzato nel nome del Signore Gesù. Say that again. Ravediti, ravediti means repent. And si battezzato, be baptized nel nome del Signore Gesù, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ravediti, ravediti means repent. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we are. So Pompeii is um, near the city of Naples, and we're about a four-hour drive north. So we would have head south about four hours to go to Pompeii. I have seen Vesuvius. I, we have not been close up, so I've not seen the city of Pompeii. There is a man in our church who is from Pompeii, so not the not the original one that was, you know, covered with ash, uh, but near that ancient city, there is, you know, new the new Pompeii, and uh, there's a great population that still lives all around the Mount Vesuvius. My parents were born in just a line of view from Mount Vesuvius. They're from the Naples area, so, yeah. Yes, ma'am. I was just wondering, so I was in Italy in November, and I get it, we were in like the tourist areas, mm -hmm. but we hardly saw any children. Mm. And I asked the tour guides, like, where are the kids? Are they in school? What, you know, nobody really knew. They might not have had kids. I don't know, but like, what were the school hours? Do they mostly not be in the tourist areas or? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So we there are many children in Italy. Now, the population in Italy tends is tending toward, you know, aging because the birth rate in Italy is very low, uh, approximately, you know, one child per per family. Um, really, the, the immigrants that come into the country 
from other uh, from foreign countries are the ones who are having more children, and um, so. But there are many many children in Italy, and we have. I mean, here's just an example of our. This is our last vacation Bible school with Brother Ingalls that we had, um, and so the school week goes Monday through Saturday, and generally 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And that those those are your general school hours, and so they have the afternoons off, and then only Sunday. And then they follow the same kind of school year that we do, you know, September, similar. Mid-September to mid-June is when the school year is in Italy. And um, you probably wouldn't see uh, school children up along the, uh, you know, the tourist trails, you know, in Rome and in Florence. But you might, depending on the time of day. If you were to be around pretty much any city at about 1 p.m., you see all of a sudden the kids rushing out of school into the streets. Now, if it were you were there in November, so yeah, they would have been in school probably if it had been time of rain. Anybody? Any other questions? It's been great. I have really enjoyed sharing uh, this with you. There are no other questions. We'd love to spend more time uh, getting to know you. We have a little display here. Unfortunately, we're running out of prayer cards. Feel free to take the ones that we have here. And uh, next time we come by, maybe we'll have, uh, we will definitely have some new prayer cards. Uh, but we'd love to spend some more time getting to, getting to know you personally. And uh, then to in the morning service, I'll say a little bit more. And then tonight in the evening service, I'll give you a little bit more detail on the beginning of the church in Grosseto and some of our background, how my family came to know Christ. But uh, so we'll see you and I'll send you out more. And last call for any other questions. Um, reminder to all of our nursery parents, uh, real quick, if your child is three years old or up, they're going to our new Little Lambs class, and so that'll be three years old to five years old. Uh, nursery, you will want to use this stairwell up for our new check-in system. Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much. We love you, Lord. Thank you for bringing the Mayettas to us and just the faithfulness that they've shown over the last almost two decades, Lord. I just pray you be with them, be with be with their family, and as the kids are staying here, be with Frank and Jenna as they go home, and and trust trust you with their kids here in the states, Lord. Pray you provide for them in every every need that they have. I pray that they need that fourth building within the next few months, Lord, and that you can miraculously provide it for them. We love you, Lord. It's your name we pray. Amen.